0: Happy New Year, everybody. Hey, everybody. It is January 1st, 2023, and I decided I should start the year off with uh, episode 31, and actually I'm going to start with some, I guess, personal stuff, because as you all know, this is where I go now for my, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit of therapy for myself on many, many different topics, but I do have some tennis, a little bit of pickleball, the usual stuff, so I'm actually recording for the first time in my daughter Annie's room, and some of you that either know me well or maybe follow my social media, um, Annie decided to ditch us, finally, after 19 years, she took off on Wednesday for L.A., Los Angeles to try to make a life for herself and um, she left her family my wife and I Molly and Ben she left us all alone and all I do is sit in the room and cry now so thanks Annie for that very appreciated of you just forgetting all we did and just ditching us so um, this whole thing is going to be super sad that's not really true Um, she's doing awesome she made it in three days uh, got to see the Grand Canyon, although it was covered in fog and snow. Didn't see great pictures, but she did get there. Um, had some power lines fall in her car. Apparently locked her keys in her car. <laughs> did some had some good hardships that I have always wanted her to have. So um, good luck, Annie. Hope it's awesome. I'm glad I have my own podcast room now. Uh, we're using her room to put junk in, but um, it's an odd thing having someone here and then gone. And many of you who listen to this are adults. You've ta- helped me and talked to me about when your kids left, but you don't know till it happens. But um, she's doing great, and I can talk all I want about her because I know she's not listening to this. So, um, But, again, it leads me to my a little bit of my tennis coaching and how I I guess my, my belief in how coaches should coach and how I do it is – You spend all this time practicing hours and months and years with your students. And once that match starts, you send them onto the court. They go, they check in, they start the match, and you cannot coach them and you can't help them. And you just hope that you did the right thing to make them prepared enough to handle whatever happens and make good decisions while they're on the court. That's it tennis is awesome because you don't get coaching on the court and I know in the pros now they have a little bit but you don't get it you you better practice well and have good people around you because they open up a can of balls and hand them to you and that's it and I feel like over 19 years I sure hope Annie's got what she needs to get out there and um, be successful and enjoy her trip and um, but you know if Good coaches, I think they just give you some tools and go. Let them. The match is the fun stuff. The match is yours. It's the players figure it out, and that's what's so cool about Andy's trip and why I keep talking about it is because I'm actually a bit jealous. I did, I did the usual. I went to high school, I went to college, I got a job, I moved away, got married, had kids. That's it. I never had a trip across the country to find out how things work like she does I haven't seen those things and I'm a little bit jealous of you Annie um, so anyway good luck and thanks to Life360 that my wife got us all because I haven't really used it I don't believe in it much I can tell you guys that right now <laughs> Annie is currently moving near Sayer Street in it looks like Burbank California Actually, I don't even know where she is, but I'm, uh, no, she's long gone. I don't even know where she's at, San Fran- San Fernando, California, near some canyon. So, absolutely, I'm stalking my kid as long as I can. But, anyway, um, that's sort of where I, what I've been doing the last few days, dealing with that stuff. So, now I get to the, even worse than my kid leaving is last Sunday, my mighty Indianapolis Colts blew a 33-point lead against the Vikings, so that was that was a lot of fun. Never been done before. It was history, and um, that's cool, I suppose. And for my buddy, Neil Johnson, former Morlander, Waukesha South, black shirt, um, he's a huge Vikings fan, so he was at the game and got to see the greatest comeback ever. So it got me thinking if um, any of my listeners, students, Tennis friends, can you recall an epic comeback like that? Have you been down 6 5-0 and made a comeback? Have you, can you recall losing? I thought about it. I can't think of any from my playing days of blowing a big lead or making a comeback in any form. I wish I could. Uh, it probably means I didn't do it because I think I would remember that stuff. I have coach players. So I remember one. Um, my friend Ethan Grissom uh, from Franklin High School, again, I can use his name. He's not going to listen to this. Uh, I believe he was down a set and 5-1 in the first round, maybe second round in Madison at State. Came back to win. At that time, you still do, but you had to play the third set breaker. So he came back and won down a set 5-1, won the second, and then won the breaker. Um, that was cool as a, as a coach and you know, seeing your students do well had a team last year I believe and doubles we were down a set in 5-3 or 5-2 made a comeback I can't remember myself if I've ever done that if any of you have any great stories I'd love to hear them and you can comment to me most of you have my cell number you can text me Facebook Scott Fix Tennis and Pickleball Instagram Scott Fix Tennis and Pickleball come see me at the WAC we can hang out so that loss, and, and as I sit here, I just watched my Colts lose again to the New York Giants. 38-10, to 10, we're terrible. They've given up. And I hate rooting for them to lose, but I've become that guy. and Because uh, I know what it means if we lose, we get better quicker the more we lose. And I hate it, but that's where I'm at. And uh, looking forward to a season being over. And that kind of sucks for me, because everything I own is Colts. Um, so moving on, and I'm gonna stay on football. The good part is, first time in my life, I believe it's been 28 years since I've been playing fantasy football with the same group of guys. I've never won, ever. I've never made a final. Never made. I think my I think I finished third one year, but right now, as we speak, I am in the championship of my fantasy football league. I'm playing my kid Ben, who won it last year in his very first year. I've gone 27, 28 years and never won. And he gets in it for the first time. He wins the whole thing. So he and I are in the final. I'm currently ahead 119 to 90 with a 71% chance of kicking his butt and taking home the, the best championship of my life. I've won some cool stuff in tennis. This will this will blow it away. This is more important than all of that stuff is me winning fantasy football. So I'm hopeful I've got a guy playing now, and then Monday night we have a couple guys going at it, but I'm looking pretty good, but I know how it ends. It ends in sadness with my son talking trash to me for the next 12 months. So I'm hopeful. As we speak, I am watching my fantasy football team and our scores and rooting hard for Devontae Adams. I know you Packer fans may not like him anymore, but I need him to score today. Um, So I'm, I'm hopeful. I'd like to go over my weekly social media um, sighting of people trying to sell you things as tennis players that don't exist. So this one is the general thing. There's always a secret. This, the headline was, unlock the secret to winning. Yeah, somebody found it. The secret, they have it. There's one person in the world that has the absolute secret to winning. And if you pay for it, they will tell you that. If you log on and do whatever, you, you buy it, whatever. They've got the secret. It's out. So you don't need to listen to this podcast anymore because the secret's out there. It's true. Don't you think if they had the secret to winning, they wouldn't be wasting it on a social media? Wouldn't? If I had it, if I found the secret, oh my gosh, I'm I'm riding in my yacht right now in the sea. The sea? Why did it say the sea? The ocean? I don't know the mediterranean i'd go somewhere fancy on my yacht what's the difference in the sea and the ocean somebody somebody google that for me but if i had the secret i'd be selling it i would sell it to every sports franchise in the world i would sell it to my i'd give it to the colts they can have the secret free but wouldn't you sell that and be doing something different if you found that secret so again like i tell you every time i talk on here there are no secrets there are steps that everybody knows in all of your what i believe all of your life you work hard you practice you get lucky you have good coaches you put in the time all i mean there's so many things you have to do but there's not a secret to it so i did not spend the money to unlock the secret if anybody else has please let me know and then we'll we'll pass it on to everybody else so Just keep doing your stuff. Put in the time. Grab your racket. Grab your tennis balls. Let's go. Get it started. Because the secret. Secret's no good. So my pickleball. I'm still so bad at connecting my podcast subjects. That'll be next. I'm going to do my resolutions next. One of them is going to be to have better um, connection between my podcast topics Because it's very, very random. And I understand it. So... Pickleball, it's still huge. It's everywhere. Every club is doing it. Parks are doing it. YMCA's are doing it. You name it. And uh, my, my comments are really, why is there a need at clubs, parks, private clubs, country clubs, everywhere has them, to post signage and communication with the members about pickleball etiquette? Everywhere you go, I guarantee you're going to find a sign on the wall near all the pickleball telling these players how to behave. This should be entitled, How to Be an Adult. It doesn't have to be just pickleball. But right now, that's what I see everywhere I go. So I took some pictures of different places over the past few months where I've gotten to visit in different clubs and ask people. And here's some things that, that showed up on these signs. Be nice really we have to we now have to tell the pickleball players that they should be nice human beings demonstrate good sportsmanship you're in an athletic club don't you i believe yeah that's you walk in the door that's one of the top 3 things you have to do when you get there just be a good sport be nice to people, people. um several of them if you aren't sure whether the ball is in or out it's in So I know I'm speaking to racquet sports people on this podcast, but we all know that. Is that something pickleballers don't know? Is there a lot of cheating going on? Yes, there is. Lots of it. Don't cross courts during points. Right? That's all normal for us. And I don't know why anybody who hasn't played before would think it's okay to walk across that court. If someone's shooting playing a basketball game, you don't walk across the court. You wait till that's all done and you go behind. Clean up after yourselves. That general idea on many signs, so it leads me to leave the pickleballers aren't doing that very well. Be respectful. Basic these are all basic human you know, characteristics we should be doing, right? But for some reason pickleball and this is a struggle across the clubs I'm at, where I've worked, where I work now everywhere I go in the pickleball world this is what happens and I my question is why I don't see any signs that have tennis etiquette we don't we don't need those things maybe we do maybe tennis should have them as well but why do we need this if you're a new player do you need that right and there's a reason there's signage we do need it there's a reason managers owners gms tennis directors pickleball directors have to do these things it's because there's a really a breakdown in the behavior in the pickleball world it's not everybody but it's a lot i see it all the time everywhere i go and i sort of think it's two things i think i'm going to give a few people the benefit of the doubt they are new to the sports world they had didn't grow up in tennis clubs they didn't grow up at a country club they don't know So there's a small portion that just doesn't know and they just haven't grown up in it and they're not really used to those types of things. So those people get a break. okay? The others, I think, there's such a demand for court time that they've lost track of decency. They want to get on the court early. They want to stay longer. They forget there's people before them and people after them. That's a common thing now at clubs is Your pickleball is 10.30 to 12. Pickleballers show up at 10. They start rolling nets out. They show up at 10.05. They start hitting balls. But basketball has the court till 10.30. So they're getting upset because they're getting their time taken. Pickleball ends at noon. Why are you still playing at 12.05? Why are you arguing with me, a trainer or whoever, that I shouldn't get your court? Well, you you paid for 10.30 to 12. You're done at 12.00. And I think there's such a scarcity of places to play that they want to play so much that they're willing to sacrifice their behavior level to hit three more balls, to take five more swings, whatever it is. I'm just curious, for those of you that listen to this, have you seen it? Am I overboard? You want to yell at me? I'm fine with that. Um... I also think it's a, it's a huge influx of people who were never competitive athletes before. There's so many new players, and that's one reason that Pickleball's awesome, and you know I'm for it, um, is that they don't know. They don't understand the competition and the sportsmanship and how those things work, and it's going to take probably years to get that correct. Um. But it's a thing, and again, if I'd love to hear from somebody else and someone argue with me, tell me where I'm wrong. Is your club different? Do you have it fixed? I know we struggled at Moreland for about a year. It was really, really difficult to a point of putting almost security staff on the courts and at the stairs going down. So we educated people on how to do it right, putting out fire, stopping fights before they happen, those types of things. And I don't see that on the tennis side of things. It, it definitely happens, just not daily. It's it's a little more rare on the tennis side side of things. So let me know what you think about that. And see, now I can go from pickleball to tennis. See, racket, both racket sports, both on a court. I, I think I connected this one pretty good. I was working this week with a group on the tennis court, working on some volleys, and noticed that their non-racket hand was all over the place. Up in the air, giving them a hug, the dead arm down by their, their side, just doing random stuff. So we spent quite a bit of time working on what the non-racket hand does on your volleys, which is keep it close. Many of you have heard the the handcuffs analogy of, of imagine you've got handcuffs on and keep them close together, but your hands should always be close. Um uh, And these, if you watch a lot of or especially club level, they'll have hands all over the place. So the racket's going one way and the left, if I'm a righty, I'm striking a forehand volley. My racket's going towards the ball. My right arm's going towards the ball. My body's going to the ball. My left arm is pointing down or pointing up or wrapped around me, right? So we want to get everything going in the same direction. And that is pretty much every sport. If you look at, look at all sports. So take uh, baseball. Great example. Look at a a shortstop. Right before that pitch is thrown, they get down, and they've got their glove hand and their non-glove hand. I guarantee you they're close together. They're going to use that second hand for balance, for protection, for making sure they keep that glove in the right place. It's not down on the ground. It's not behind their back. It's not in their pocket. Right? If you shoot free throws. By the way, in sixth grade, I won the Vincent, Indiana, Elks, hoop, shoot, free throw contest. I sunk 24 out of 25 and then moved on to the regionals and the big coliseum. And that's where my story ends. But I can still shoot. You shoot a free throw. Both hands on the ball. You, you're doing your routine. You're dribbling both hands close. When you shoot it, you got both hands next to each other. They, they don't separate. Right? Um, any, any other sport. A quarterback throws a ball i'm telling you the hands don't split very much they stay fairly close together they lead with the ball back when they finish together your serve when you start hands together you got the ball and the racket near each other they do split but guess what when they're done where do they finish they finish close to each other down by the left side so it's it's really an athletic move it's not just a tennis move to make sure your hands are going in the same direction so if i want to hit a ball across 78 feet of the tennis court, I need everything about me going towards 78 feet of that tennis court. Not one body part flinging backwards or down or up or to the side. It's very important. If you can go go to YouTube, just Google somebody hitting ground strokes or forehands, you'll see hands close. If they split up, it's not for long. Other than if you're a one-handed backhand hitter, which I am, and mine is as sweet as Roger Federer's, they split up everything else they're together so keep an eye on that if you're struggling with making good contact or getting the right targets find your non-racket hand and see if it's working for you i bet it's not in most cases it's not um so i listed on here and i'm almost done i'm getting shorter and shorter as i go um everybody does their new year's resolutions so i'm going to do a few Again, some personal stuff. So my number one every single year since I can remember being an adult out of college probably is to drink more. I know most people in Wisconsin I think probably would be opposite and try to go less. But I don't at all. I think this year I probably had less than five drinks. Maybe a couple of beers. I had one Long Island a couple weeks ago. My one a year. But I just... I feel like I should drink more, live in, not just live in Wisconsin, but I think it's a cool thing to do as an adult. So that's always number one. I'm going to fail because I don't really enjoy it. I'm not very good at it. I have about 10 minutes of fun, and then I go to sleep. and my, I get a headache, and I'm pretty miserable. So I, won't, I will fail on that one, but it's always number one. It's just tradition. Um, another one, I want to learn Snapchat. I don't know if anybody on here does Snapchat, but it's how my kids do everything. And I'm terrible at it. I don't understand how it works or where things go. Why things disappear. I like to text. But I have to learn Snapchat. Um, I'm going to finish another half marathon. So I believe it's April 29th this year. I'll be headed back to Louisville. I've started training. And putting in quite a few, quite a bit of miles. And uh, just wait till it gets warm in the spring to get outside to practice. So that's, uh, that's our annual one in Louisville that I've started training for and that sort of leads me to my last one which a long time ago I think I were in my first marathon I was in my 20s probably Um, someone told me before I when I took that task on to do marathons I can say marathons because I've done two which makes that's why the S is on the end someone told me tell everybody about it tell all your friends tell anyone who will listen to you that you're running a marathon because it will keep you accountable because the more people you tell, the more people you're going to you're going to look silly to and you're gonna to fail to if you don't complete it. So I told everybody. Everybody I knew back then. This was I lived in Indiana a long time ago. My wife Shell was running it with me too. I told everybody because I felt like those were people I had to answer to and I didn't want to embarrass myself. If I told them I was gonna do it, I'm training for it, and then I failed. So That leads me to my weight issue. (laughs) This this is where I hope nobody listens to my podcast. Um, Two years ago, around this time, just over two years ago, I weighed 160 pounds, about the lowest I'd been. I've averaged about 160 to 165, since I can remember caring about those things, most of my adult life. And I've kind of bounced up and down and, I recently realized how bad my diet is. and I, I exercise a lot. I put in a lot of miles. I'm on the court a lot. I don't think exercise is the issue. But I currently weighed in at 100. <laughs> Sorry, I'm embarrassed of this. But I got to do it because I'm doing this because I need some accountability. And you all can do it. And I'll share this uh, with you all. I weighed in at 186 pounds. 26 pounds more than what I was two years ago. And I knew I was I was getting up there a little bit, but I had no idea what I had done. And for me, that's I, I'm not at all saying I'm crazy overweight. For me, that is. For my size, my height, my age headed towards 49 coming up in April, that is unacceptable. And I have to fix it. And I have a problem. And this is my little Debbie story. So when I was a kid, we'd go, my, my whole family's from, from Louisville. So we would go visit my grandma, Grandma Fix, my dad's mom. Big, awesome, cool house in Louisville. Kind of old, I don't know if colonial's the right word, but old school would be the word I would use. Lots of rooms and... um you know basement main floor upper floor but all these little tiny nooks and crannies it was very cool i loved going there and but first thing i would do and my brother and i would do is we would go to her kitchen because she had a drawer and it was the little debbie drawer and that drawer was full of all things little debbies oatmeal cream pies and cupcakes and Twinkies and Hostess stuff and I remember Swiss rolls and the brownies and you name it, if Little Debbie or Hostess made it, it was in this drawer and our house we didn't have a lot of that stuff Um, it wasn't something we kept in the house very often so when we went there we just stuffed our faces and to this day as an adult I am, I can't walk by that aisle in the grocery store or the quick trip and not get me something, it's I have to I have a box of oatmeal cream pies in the basement. I hide I hide mm-hmm. things in my bathroom. It's gotten it's gotten pretty bad. Every time my daughter Molly goes to the grocery store, she knows what to do. She comes home with some box of something and we play a game I have to close my eyes and she hands it to me and I have to guess what it is mm-hmm. and I'm generally almost always right by just by feeling the box and shaking it and knowing the size of the box. It's a problem. But Someone told me much that I, I have that because I am I'm associating that with good times and memories and uh, comfortable things and I agree because when I have those, it does you know it's it's comfortable. I remember spending time at grandma's house and the trips there and all of those things. So anyway, I have a diet problem, not an exercise problem. So I need some help. One, this is my way of being accountable, so I'm gonna update you all. Kinda like I did with my sleep issues that I have fixed a little bit. I'm feeling better about that. But I gotta work on this and I gotta work on my diet. So I'm looking for advice. Things that I can eat that aren't little (laughs) aren't little Debbie's. I can't stand like everybody tells me almonds. Ugh. I think they're sick. I can't do almonds. Yogurt, I think, is one of the grossest foods ever invented. Pretty much all vegetables I think are gross. I can do all water. Like, I don't drink a ton of soda. Lately, I have. Especially over the holidays, I chug it. But I can go in all all water. I love anything sweet. You put chocolate cake in front of me, I'm going to eat it. Um, so I've got to fix those things. But is there any food out there that can cure my hunger? I'll get off the court after teaching for three or four hours, and I want to eat everything I can find. And everybody says peanut butter. That's cool, but I don't want to carry around a jar of peanut butter and eat it with a spoon it just seems odd to me it's not that tasty is there something else i'm missing i keep looking for the secret you know how they talked about the secret to winning is there a secret like what is the food that actually tastes good and fills me up is it those bars and cliff bars and the kind bars are gross there's nothing good in those i i'm for sure nothing can taste that bad that's good for you so if you got any good advice for me, let me know. If you've struggled with that, I've realized that I used to be able to drop weight no problem. It was super easy, and now I'm a little older, and it is not going anymore. It, all the tricks I used to have, it's not working. So that's one of my resolutions is to get back to a little bit healthier weight, which will help me run the half marathon faster, but I can't stop eating. Like right now, I think I'm going to go finish my oatmeal cream pies because – tomorrow's monday so i'll start all this on monday but that is my story about my life and annie leaving and me getting fat and all that kind of stuff so thanks again for listening hope 2023 is awesome i'm going to continue to do this when i can and uh hope to see hope to see y'all on the courts thanks everybody